Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of this podcast. If you're new to the podcast, our company name is Optimize to Convert. My name is Peter Day, and we've been doing affiliate marketing for about 12 years. Um, affiliate marketing is basically the business of promoting someone else's product, whether it's an info product, an insurance, a lead gen, a solar, personal loan, whatever you're promoting. Affiliate marketing is promoting other people's product, and you do it on a performance basis. So basically, you only get paid when you're making a lead or a sale or a commission. And basically, how the money is made is you figure out how to drive the traffic cheaper than the payout. Let's say you're running a solar offer. It pays 50 bucks. You're able to go out there on Facebook, TikTok, these different platforms. You're able to get these solar leads for 30 bucks. You're then making a 30 to 45% margin, whatever it is, acquiring at less than the payout. And we've found a strong home in this business model. It took us a long time to figure out how to make it work. We failed uh, for about the first three to five years, but then we finally cracked the code and we've been scaling this business model pretty strongly. So we're now affiliates for over 500 different companies in the space. We literally work with over 500 different organizations. Um, some of these are aggregators, direct advertisers, different folks. And we've been able to build up the business to the tune where it did about $50 million of revenue last year. And this year we're pacing for about $70 million of revenue. And if all goes well, and according to plan, hopefully by um, the end of 2024 or 2025, we'll be able to shoot over $100 million just in this affiliate model alone. So we believe there's a lot of upside in the model. And we put together this podcast to teach a lot of strategies that are just not being taught openly in this industry. I mean, a lot of times in this industry, you have to learn by really getting around other people that know what they're doing. And you can do that through going to conferences, trade shows, masterminds. A lot of times courses have been kind of fluff in our industry because the people making the courses are really just making the courses in order to make money. They are slapping together the material, but it's not so much about the content. It's really about them just selling the course and having the multi-seven-figure launch. I mean, if it wasn't for the money, they probably wouldn't be making it in the first place, the course. What's different about this channel is this channel, we're all about just giving value back to the community because what we've noticed is as we give value back, a lot of opportunities have been coming back to us in return. A lot of opportunities to acquire clients, promote other people's businesses, have joint ventures, different um, partnerships. In fact, we've even, even hired a lot of people just from our social media presence and YouTube and LinkedIn and um, email list and things like that. So it's a great avenue for us to just build our business and we love educating and just giving the value back. So in this episode, we're going to talk about building a team and this is always a really popular topic. I mean, I remember when Tyler and I were training at Charles Knows Mastermind back in 2018, I believe. One of the big topics we were talking on was the team thing. It's like it's been on everyone's mind in the affiliate business how to build a, a strong team because you got to realize a lot of people when they're starting off in the affiliate industry, it's just them 
And a lot of times it's these young guys, it's like 20-year-old guys, 30-year-old guys in their mom's basement or, you know, in their dorm room or, you know, sharing an apartment with other dudes. It's been a pretty male-driven industry. And it's been a lot of these single dudes trying to make the affiliate marketing stuff work. And a lot of times since they just start off by themselves, they don't have a team. A lot of times they don't even have a business partner and they're super interested in just how to build a team because one of the biggest secrets in this industry to succeed is you need a really good team that is going to be as good as you are, if not better. I mean, it's just classic business um, 101 in a sense. I mean, if you ask Steve Jobs how he built such a good business, I mean, there's quotes out there where Steve Jobs says that he strives to make sure that the people around him are much more intelligent and much more educated than he is. He wanted to be the dumbest person in the room, and I think that has a lot of merit. So I'm going to share on this podcast our story of how we built our business and how we started to build a team. And what I believe is just by sharing the story, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn what we did, how we approached it, and you're going to pick up a lot of golden nuggets. So when we first started, it was just my brother and I, and we fit that exact kind of profile that I was talking about. Literally, I was 21 years old at the time in college. I went to University of Connecticut. I was 21 years old. My brother was a few years younger than me. He was in college at Charleston, South Carolina. So we're both college students. We're trying to figure out how to make money online because we saw all these ads. And you know what's funny? How I really got very motivated in this industry is I was watching this YouTube video, okay? And there was this guy out of Costa Rica with like this long, grimy hair. And the dude just looked absolutely disgusting, (laughs) you know, and he looked practically homeless and he was doing all these YouTube videos and all these blogs and everything about how much money he was making online. And he was earning like a hundred thousand dollars a month or something. And I was just so fascinated by it. I was like, man, this guy just seems like he's not that smart. He just doesn't really even seem like he has his act together and the fact that he's making all this money online, it's, there's got to be something here. Um, so that's when I started really venturing into this industry. I started purchasing courses, webinars. I started following that guy's training because he was selling a training. And I just started learning. I started learning how to run ads on Facebook, Bing, Google Search. I learned how to even set up a blog. Um, the blog doesn't exist anymore, but I had this entire... A blog. We were promoting business opportunities. So that was our first venture into this affiliate spaces. It was actually through the BizOp kind of sector, like these multi-level network marketing business opportunity offers. And we failed a lot. I mean, it. <laughs> we didn't get any kind of success until about three to five years in. And you got to realize it wasn't really a three or five years of relaxed work either. I mean, we're talking about you know, I got started and then I got my brother involved, I want to say about 14 months later. It was pretty quickly after I got started. I brought, because Tyler and I have always been really best 
best friends about everything. I mean, when we were in high school, we started a lawn mowing business together in old Greenwich, Connecticut. We were literally 16 years old. We put some flyers in people's mailboxes and we had more clients than we were able to handle. We had like 20 lawn mowing clients and we were making like two or three thousand bucks a month in high school. So we've always been entrepreneurial. We've always done stuff together. And as soon as I got my eye on this industry, I got my brother um, involved. And you got to realize for these first three to five years, it was us working our butts off. I mean, I was literally watching these training videos, trying to figure out how to run ads on Instagram, Facebook. I was trying to get free traffic from doing blogs. And I was literally writing blogs for like six hours a day, trying to pick up some free traffic off of SEO. And I, we were just trying absolutely everything. And I'm telling you, we were literally working for you know, like eight or nine hours a day for three to five years with practically no results. Every dollar we earned with this stuff, I just reinvested back in training. I mean, I think by year three, we did earn like $30,000 of commissions or something through our blog. And then what we did was we just spent that $30,000 on courses. I just bought some course on how to run Facebook ads for like $6,000. Then we went to some mastermind for $10,000. I was just investing back into learning. Um, and the reason I did that is because I think that's just what I was taught to do. I mean, I was listening to all these personal development things. There was these things like Jim Rohn and the Tony Robbins type of folks. And they're always saying, oh, invest in your business, invest in your knowledge, right? So I was just doing that kind of stuff that we were told to do. I was taking the money we were earning and I was reinvesting it back into my business, quote unquote, which at the time was, um, I guess, reinvesting back into our education. And what happened was we finally got some breakthrough um, by year three to five. We got trained by a guy. We finally got the right training. We, we got trained by this guy named Chris who was posting on Facebook, he was just posting all this stuff on Facebook, how he was earning, you know, like a thousand bucks a day promoting offers on Max Bounty um, and these different networks. And we got him to agree to coach us personally. We paid $5,000 and it was literally the best $5,000 or one of the best $5,000 we've we've ever spent. I mean, we paid him 5,000 bucks. He showed us how to replicate some of the campaigns he was doing in the real estate vertical. And within about six months, we went from struggling for five years to earning hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars within like a six month period of time. And that's what really kicked off our business. Um, what we then started to do was we started to explore other offers. We said, hey, if this real estate thing works, well, maybe we can promote some car insurance. So we did promote car insurance. We started promoting a campaign for Uber and Lyft. We started promoting campaigns for health insurance and all types of different lead generation offers, solar, home services. We started getting into all these things. And then what happened was we went to a training conference in San Diego um, to get more training. We just figured the training thing is really good. I mean, the training thing is what got us our first breakthrough in the first place. And it can't hurt to get more training. So we, we spent a lot of money. I mean, looking back on it, it was no cheap training. But this guy, Charles No, uh, who is a very popular affiliate marketer, about five or eight years ago, Charles Noe was conducting a training seminar in San Diego, and he was charging $10,000 a ticket. And 
my brother and I used some of the money we made to invest in his seminar. So we bought two tickets for $20,000 total. We had to fly out there. So this was some $25,000 conference that we went to. Well, this conference ended up being a big breakthrough for us as well, because at this conference, Charles taught for like half of the day on how to build a team. He taught on like how to hire a media buyer how to hire different components of a team, like video editors, graphic designers. It was all common sense stuff when I look back on it, but at the time it was like, wow, this is so revolutionary. This is so eye-opening. Oh my goodness, we can get a media buyer. We can build a team. So we left that conference very, very fired up, and I made a phone call immediately to this guy to hire him as a media buyer. There was this particular student that was following us online. So this this guy was actually purchasing some coaching from us. There was this particular guy that I had in mind that was really following us. And he seemed very studious. And, and he seemed just very good guy, like very learning, learnable, soaking up everything, stuff like that. So after the conference, I really had him on mind. I'm like, man, I'm going to get him to be my media buyer. And um, Tyler and I went out. We hired him to be our media buyer. And that was the start of, of our team, in a sense. So at that point, it was me and my brother and this one media buyer. And we were all running ads. I mean, I was running ads. I had these different campaigns going myself. Like, literally, I was getting clients and then... When I wasn't getting clients, I was just spending three or five hours going in, running ads, getting conversions. My brother was running campaigns, and then we had this one media buyer running as well. The media buyer was really a breakthrough because the media buyer started earning money, and that was a lot of leverage for us because it added a few hundred thousand dollars a year of profit to what we were doing. And then what we realized was, um, okay this is really a successful thing. So why don't we get another media buyer? So what happened was we were at another Charles No event, but this time it was very different. Instead of us being the student at the event, Charles actually noticed that we were starting to succeed a lot. So at the second Charles No event in New York, Charles actually invited Tyler and I to be his guest speakers. So we got to train on a lot of stuff like building a team, running the ads, how to do Facebook, how to optimize Facebook ads properly, how to scale. There's a lot of scaling strategies with Facebook, uh, you know, surfing the bids, duplicating the ad sets. There's a ton of different methods like that. And um, Tyler and I have been very privy on that. So what happened was we got invited to be guest speakers at the Charles No event instead of just um, students. And then how we picked up our second media buyer is we were at lunch with this guy. Um, I'm not even going to name his name because he's actually still on our team. (laughs) It's crazy enough. He's still on our team and I don't want him to be poached. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to name who he is, but we. this was a long time ago, too. This was about five or six years ago. We were training at this Charles No event. There was this guy sitting at the table for lunch, and he was just so... I could just tell he was so good. I mean, this was another affiliate, but he was so studious, and he was just so 
good at what he does. I mean, at the time he was running some uh, e-commerce things for pet food. He had like some pet stuff going and he was just really passionate about it. He was actually making some good money through the pet thing. Him and I just really connected. I really liked just his approach, the personality. I could sense that he was super driven and hungry. And we even talked really long one night. Um, we were we stayed up until like three in the morning and we were geek, geeking out about, you know, Facebook ads and the pet food. And we were even going to run some pet food together. It, it's, so we ended up hiring this guy as our second media buyer. He absolutely crushed it. Um, he figured out how to run some things on Facebook with chat bots and all this stuff and just crushed it, absolutely crushed it. And then what happened was we made a mistake um, in our business. We made a big mistake of not actually getting our media buyers on the payroll. Okay, this was a big mistake. So, and you, you got to listen to this carefully because there's a lot of people in our industry that are doing this thing where they're getting their media buyers. And it's not really true. Media buyers, they're more um, just like joint venture partners or like affiliates. They're not really like a media buyer. So even though we were giving our media buyers a percentage of the campaign and even though we were giving them, even though it like felt like they were a media buyer, it, it wasn't really fully our media buyer in a sense. Um, so the mistake was not having the media buyers on the payroll because what happened was this second media buyer started to do so well on all of his chatbot stuff. He was literally running chatbots on Facebook for... Um, Real estate, car loans, auto insurance, personal loans, um, sweepstakes, all this stuff, earning a lot. I mean, really crushing it. But then what happened was Facebook changed their algorithm. The chatbot stuff kind of fell apart. And we started to make no money um, on, on his campaigns. Like three or four months went by. He was not making money. And since he was on commission only as a media buyer, he ended up quitting. So this was kind of a hurtful thing for our business because the media buyer that was really our best media buyer ended up quitting because he went three or four months without making money. So then we had to go out and we had to get a third media buyer, a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And we still didn't even find one that was as good as the one that left. So a big lesson here is that you have to get um, media buyers on the payroll. They have to be like an actual employee, full-time um, salaried person in your company. They can't just be like a joint venture partner or like a profit share partner or one of these folks that have their hands in like five or 10 pies. It just doesn't work. We've been there and we've tried that again and again. And the only media buyers that have been succeeding long-term have been the ones that are actually full-time with our company. So we were able to make up for this. We ended up hiring a third, fourth, sixth, seventh, eighth media buyer. And you know, the, the eighth media buyer ended up just being really good and um, just as good, if not better than the one that left, but then the ones that were in between, like Media Buyer 3, 4, 5, 6, they were okay, and what's really interesting is that this year in particular, I'm fast-forwarding quite a lot in terms of time, because there was a lot of success in between now and five or six years ago, but 
What's so interesting is that we were hiring recently this year for media buyers. And I just went out on a limb. I said, Tyler, I'm talking about my brother, Tyler, and business partner. I said, Tyler, remember we were crushing it with that media buyer, you know, five or six years ago. I said, let's get him back. We're going to get him back. I'm going to reach out to him. We're going to tell him how well we're doing. We're going to tell him, you know, that we can offer a better commission now. We can get him on the salary. And we now have a principle where every single media buyer on our team gets an actual full-time salary base pay. So what this does is it really protects things. So let's say we're running campaigns and let's just say, for example, one media buyer is not successful for a couple months. We don't risk that media buyer quitting our company just over some type of lack of success or volatility. The base pay is sufficient enough to weather those kind of storms. So I'm actually very happy that this particular media buyer left five or six years ago that I'm talking about because since they left, it taught us a whole new way of approaching it. And I feel like we're really crushing it because of the fact that we're paying our media buyers a full-time base pay and making them be full-time, 100% employed part of our business. It, the loyalty is there. They're not, they don't have their hands in like five or 10 buckets. They're not distracted. They're not trying to run our campaigns and they're not trying to run five other campaigns on the side. It's like they're all in, in terms of our um, opportunity and what we're doing. So, I mean, to cut to the chase here, it ended up being a huge success at the end of the day because this media buyer that ended up quitting our company five or six years ago ended up taking up the offer about 10 months ago to join again under the the full-time base pay, salary, better commission. We were able to get him to join again, and this media buyer is literally one of our top two media buyers in our entire company now. Um, and we were able to get him back, and he's just crushing it. So um, I love those kind of stories, and that's something that we're really proud about in our business too is we've just been able to have phenomenal retention. Um, just people love working for us, and the environment is really good. So in terms of building a team, what you have to do when team building is that it's not all about media buyers. You have to build a team where you feel like um, it, it's necessary. I mean – a position we hired for almost immediately once we started getting some success was a full-time in-house accounting person. We could literally not do our business without in-house accounting people now. We work with over 500 clients. In fact, it's much more than 500. When I say 500, we've just kind of been rounding the number down. I think we literally work with about 605 aggregators or direct clients when I add it all up because we have them right there in the CRM. And in order to do that, you need full-time accounting staff. You literally, not only one, you have to have a handful of full-time accounting people because you have to be invoicing hundreds of people per month. You have to be um, going after late payments. I mean, literally, even for us, on a given month, we've generally had at least 30 to 40 companies that have been late paying us at a single point of time. Then there's been hundreds that have been paying on time. It's all part of the game, basically. And 
you have to have full-time in-house accounting is super important. You can't possibly work with that many people and expect to have some kind of like freelance accounting person handle your books and make sure everything. So a position that we hired for really early on was uh, we hired one full-time accounting person that involved into an accounting team. So now we have the full-time accounting person, they have an assistant, and we're training up another person that's helping them a lot too that joined recently. So we really have a full-time accounting team of three um, and that's just to handle invoicing, accounting, reconciliation, comparisons, things like that. You constantly having to be keeping an eye on things, especially um, when you're running lead generations. I mean, what if your tracking system says that you have 100 leads and then you log into the advertiser's portal and they're only showing 50 leads? I mean, that actually happened to us today. We got a message from one of the... Uh, the networks we work with, and they say, oh, you know, optimize, I'm so sorry, but we found out that in July, we we actually only had like 75 leads on this campaign, but our Everflow was showing like 150 leads. And I'm like, guys, I just don't really feel bad for you. I'm like, why, why are you finding this out a month and a half later? I mean, we're literally halfway through August, and this company is finding out for the first time that their reconciliations don't line up. Like they paid us 150 leads and they're finding out a month and a half later that there was only 75 leads that existed the entire time in July. I mean, come on, this is just like, this is just kind of so elementary. And I, what I told my team is I said, listen, like that's on them really. Like, come on, they, they, they just were so sloppy running their business and, and not checking that they're, they themselves are finding out a month and a half later that they just like never actually had as many conversions as their tracking system said that they had. I mean, and then they've been trying to ask for some money back. Oh, guys, we paid you on these 75 leads that never existed. Do you think we can do something like can we can we get the money back? I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't really feel like paying the money back. I'm like, this is just purely their mistake it's just straight up their mistake they they never had proper accounting in place they were never checking their receivables their books they weren't like even making sure that the their everflow was lining up with the client's everflow and they're they don't even look at these things until months later i'm like guys i don't really feel like sending these 75 leads back because of their tracking thing that they're finally noticing like months down the line. I mean, it's just not fair because the entire time we were running the campaign, we were going off of their tracking system, like what we thought the numbers really were. So it's just stuff like that. You need to be so much more dialed in. I mean, there's so many companies in our space that are just sloppy organizations. It's just stuff like that and just this garbage and this, and you just got to really have your act together. So I'm going to be doing a lot more podcasts on this team building thing. In this one, I just wanted to really share the story. And some of the big tips here is obviously if you're hiring anybody on your team, you should probably be paying them a full-time salary. I mean, when I just do a little scan of everyone who is on our team right now, everybody is on payroll. Everyone's on salary. I mean, we don't have... I think where a lot of companies are are doing it wrong in our space is they have what they think is a team, but it's not really a team. It's just like 10 or 12 people on um, 
some kind of commission. And at the, at the end of the day, they're not actually that loyal because if something falls apart or doesn't work for a couple months, they could just be leaving and looking for another opportunity or another job. So I recommend that um, any media buyers are actual full-time employed, legit media buyers and that your other team members are they're you know, they're full-time and they're staff and they're real um, full-time part of the company, everything. So that's a big takeaway. Um, what I'm going to talk about in some of the future podcasts is I am going to talk a little bit about the different positions we've hired for. And um, obviously there's a lot more to growing a business than just media buyers and an, an accounting team. But I hope this just got a lot of value in your site. Comment on this below. Let me know what your thoughts are and how this resonates with you. And we'll talk next week in the next podcast episode. Talk soon.